What is going on, everyone? It is Rob and Johnny. Welcome to episode 30 of the MM Arcade podcast. Rob, we only spoke like four days ago, but how you been, bro? <laughs> <laughs> we did, we did because of the late recording last week. Yeah. But I mean, good. I mean, good, dude. Uh, the weekend's card was 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 pretty cool. Mm. Some of the fights, in my honest opinion, were a little lackluster. Yeah. But, you know, they were fights and not every fight can be an absolute barn burner. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they happened. I spent a lot of the weekend putting together flat packs, new office. Mm. I, I I put together, mate. Like I'm excited. Spent bro. Saturday, <laughs> spent Saturday and Sunday putting together like a new desk, mm. new buff. Um, uh, what is it? A buffet, like a new, just like a table looking thing. Yeah. Um, and like it looks amazing. <laughs> I I love how I'm taking all the credit. It was my dad mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get dad's help. But like the instructions were an absolute nightmare. Anyone who put who's ever had to put together a flat pack, mm. instructions were abysmal. Abysmal. Had to kind of just guess heaps of it. So, uh, but it, it looks pretty good. looks pretty good. The new, the cool. new office is set up. This is not the new office now. I don't know if you can tell. It's the old backdrop still, but it's mm. there. I'm going to look to – I didn't want to change everything around because obviously we've had technical difficulties <laughs> in, the, in the previous episodes. So trying to get it. You know, just keep it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I didn't want to move, shuffle around anything just yet. Yeah. Because also, also with the new office, because I'm going to change it around after this episode, with the new office, I somebody has come to my rescue. Aftershock mm. PCs have come to my rescue. Oh, it's Aftershock. Got, you didn't even tell yeah, me that. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> dude, it's so good. It's so good. They've come to my rescue to help put together a bit of a monster for my 2D games and Hell just yeah. get, me all, get me all set up, dude, so I don't have to worry about, I don't know, all the technical issues I've been having, you know. Sick. So that's going to get set up in my new office, which hopefully will be live next next week, next episode. So that's been Sweet, my weekend. Man. Exciting no, look at, looking forward to it, bro. I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, it was literally watching the UFC 296. Obviously, we're going to be talking about that today and doing mm-hmm. nothing at all, which was really, really nice. So before yeah, we get into it, by the way, I do want to give a big shout out. We've got new members, Rob. We've got James Randolph. N is still there, but the full name now is NFQ99. Dunham has become a member and, of course, Dane and Eddie as well. Um, thank you to everyone who's become a member. If you do want to become a member, next to the subscribe button, there's a little join button. Mm-hmm. We give the members shout out to get some other small benefits, but if you don't want to, that is totally okay. But a huge shout out yep. to all the members on the channel. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, Shout Rob, out to you guys. Thanks for joining the team. Yeah. So, quickly, but. Mm. NFQ99. Is that <laughs> N from last week? It is. Uh, name change. Is it? Yeah. How, <laughs> how come they've got a name change? Well, I, I think it's because like in the membership system, it only shows like the first name technically, but on YouTube itself, it's NFQ99. I okay, don't know okay. what's going on, but it's both. I, okay. You'll forever be known as N. Okay. Let's let's put it yeah. that way. <laughs> I miss N. Let's let's just delete that and just leave it as N because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into UFC 296, there is something that we do want to talk about at the beginning of the cast before we go on to Leon Edwards and Colby Covington and all the other fights. So Rob, did you see that little uh, crowd brawl between Strickland and Drickus at UFC oh. 296 and yes, everything yes, that I went did. along with that? What, what are your thoughts? I thought it was staged, mate, honestly, because like it was mm. weird. It was weird the way it happened. 
like you saw it, obviously. So you saw yeah. the way Strickland was like, move aside, please. Makes sense. But then he jumps in like WWE style. Yeah. The way he was punching, the way he was kind of like, I don't like know, fake punching. <laughs> yeah, to the to the back of, you know what? Maybe it was just for entertainment. Mm. And in which case you can't really, you can't really give him any, anything for it. But I don't know. It was a bit silly. A bit silly. He's a champ. He's a champ. Yeah. <laughs> And did you watch, uh, it was Dana's press conference afterwards. Apparently, he's to blame. He was like, I'm the one that organized all the seating arrangements and I just didn't think of it, which I don't know if I believe. I think it was a little, playing into it a bit, like the initial camera angle was kind of cool of Drickers behind Strickland. And, mm. But when they went off, they just fought. And then he was like, to, I think it was Gilbert Burns' uh, kid and wife moved them a lot, like out of the way so they wouldn't get hurt. Yeah. Just all weird. <laughs> <laughs> which is good, which is like <laughs> you yeah, can't yeah. hate him for that. But I don't know. It was a weird little scuffle, I am going to say. And you know what? I also heard him talk and smack about me in the press conference. I don't think it was smack talk, to be honest. He just yeah. off-commented how downplayed my abilities. Mm. Um, and, well, I don't expect him to pump tires, to be honest. And, yeah, I don't think I'm as one-dimensional as he says. You know, I think my blitz is a strong part of my game, but I got I got other tricks. I got other tricks, but honestly, I don't know. Is it 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 was nothing really. He's just mm. I don't know. You know, you know what I, I like. I don't know. I like I before. I'm not gonna say I like him, but I don't hate him because like yeah, he's kind of holistically against everybody. You know what I mean? Like he's holistically rude. <laughs> he he's not like, yeah. he's not singling out like certain people or genres mm. or races or colors. He's just, he's just kind of telling off everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Having, Everyone's having literally his to target. Everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. And <laughs> I don't hate that. I don't hate that. But yeah, I don't know that. I think that fight looked a little staged. I don't, I don't, Staged in Strickland's behalf, not. I don't think Drickland Drick got the memo. Because <laughs> Drick is like tweeted within 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 the minute, like it was tweeting straight yeah. about like arguing. I think I think it was a bit put on, but I don't know. That happened. That happened. It was pretty funny. It did feel like WWE, but let, let's see what happens with, with those two. Obviously, they're going to be fighting very, very soon, and we'll talk about that in the latter episodes of the, uh, of the podcast. But, Rob, let's talk about UFC 296. We'll start off with the main event going reverse order to the co-main, et cetera, et cetera. But this was an interesting fight. What did you think of Leon mm-hmm. Edwards versus Colby Covington? I think my prediction held up absolutely pinpoint. I thought... I said Leon Edwards is going to have too much threat in mm. that space. And that's exactly what happened. He shut down Colby like nobody's business. Colby, mm. every, I know everyone is saying Colby had an off night, and maybe he did to a degree. But I think a vast majority of how Colby looked was because Leon Edwards just shut him down Yeah, entirely, entirely. You know, and like it, we saw the similar things when when Sean Strickland fought Adesanya. It was the same thing. Everyone was saying Adesanya had an off night, no, but Sean did the same thing, kind of shut down his game. So yeah. Leon, he was threatening attacks the entire fight. He was in that threat range and space 
the entire fight. When Colby would stay away, he would get hurt. When he would move in to, to close gap, he mm. would give space and sting him over and over for 25 minutes. Now, it is, you've got to give that the respect it deserves because to be on, to be on for that long, 25 minutes, and to be on on like a f- short fuse, a wire, like a mm. it's like a tightrope where he's aggressive. He he's been like he's aggressively striking by giving space, by creating space, by controlling that space. Mm. It was on, honestly, I thought it was a mastercraft in striking discipline from Leon. Yeah, it. it- so you mentioned before that you don't know if Colby had an off night. Maybe it was ring rust, like he hasn't fought in two years. But especially the first t- three rounds, I didn't know what Colby was doing. It, it was such a weird performance, especially, and yes, it's a completely different fight at a different stage in, in, in his career. But when he fought Masvidal, night and day difference, right? And he didn't do any of the stuff that Usman did in, in Leon's third fight with him that allowed him to get some sort of advantage. He wasn't really trying to utilize his wrestling, and maybe it was because Leon was so good at striking and just pinpointing that he couldn't get into there. But I think in the first round, he had one takedown attempt, and it wasn't successful. He ba- It's like he barely tried. He was scared the whole time. Well, you know, Leon controlled that space so well. And mm. I-, I mentioned it last week, Leon doesn't load up with his strikes. He's no. primed and ready and he's fast. He throws short stabbing kicks. He throws like crisp straight line punches. And he was doing he, he was doing very well. He was throwing that center line kick very well to give yeah. Colby like to get in Colby's head. To to make Colby see, okay, there's attacks coming up the straight line. Mm. Can't just shoot willy-nilly. So that second of hesitation is a second he he can defend things or he can slide in another tack by stepping on the outside and chopping that leg. Mm. And then once your leg starts to get damaged like that, it slows down even just the tiniest bit. Remember, this is a game of inches, a game of millimeters. Yeah. And having your leg damaged slows you down. Having Hesitating because you have to pick your timing like that little bit extra than you normally would because of those straight line kicks yeah. more because Leon Edwards was controlling that space so well. He was moving away by – he was just moving away enough to be able to throw that 2-3 or to be able to throw that 1-2 mm. and just counter-strike. He was stinging Colby when he was going back. He was yeah. stinging Colby when he was going forward. He just – he was giving – he was just hurting Colby. He was controlling the fight so well. And we saw – looks like that in that last Usman fight, which was what got me hmm. so hard locked on that prediction last week was just because he shut him down with that spacing, with that controlling and timing of strikes. Hmm. And, you know, Colby, we saw it took him a while to to adjust to that. And, hmm. you know, credit to Colby because he did adjust and he did start – we did start to see more attempts at takedowns in the fourth and fifth rounds yeah. and more like really trying to force those to force those 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 takedowns because they, they they were they, they they were like lifeline takedowns they you need, needed them he needed to get them he needed those shots hmm. but like i said he i don't think he adjusted very well and i don't think he expected leon's level of defense and grappling yeah. Either. 
I don't think he gave that enough respect because when he did get into the takedowns, Liam was able to use them against him. He was able to utilize mm. his defense and utilize his counter wrestling to get on top a lot of these times. And you mentioned before about mind games. Leon was engaging in a bit of grappling. And I, I don't know if you mentioned it, but clearly it's what he was doing to get inside of Colby's head. Like, I can do this as well as you. And it might have cost him a little bit in that in that fifth round, but it was pretty hilarious to see Leon doing a little bit of... Because he could have just stood there the whole fight almost mm-hmm. and just kept counter-striking him and just punching him in the head, kicking him. That right... I think it was the right leg of Colby was like a tomato by the end of the fight. But like, what's going through someone's head to engage in wrestling like that when he clearly didn't need to? Yeah, well, he did mention it in his in his post fight speech. Like he okay. he he wanted to engage the mm-hmm. wrestling. He wanted to show Colby, but not only Colby. He wanted to show the division that he's not one dimensional. That he can take these right. fights to the ground. That he can wrestle with the best of them. And I'm sure it was a bit of a pride thing, like yeah. <laughs> to take down Colby. Like this is your strength, and I beat mm. you at it, sort of thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you got to give it to him because got to give it to him for that because. He he is the champ, you know. Yeah. Granted, it was I think it was a masterclass display of striking and and just 100%. space control. It was it was huge, and but I don't know if I don't know if every fan is going to be able to see that. So yeah. you want you know you want to be able to show different angles, to show different abilities. You want to try and you know show these different sides of you to mm. to 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 the casual fan. I will say. Um, and it's, it's especially because a lot of what the commentators say does have an influence, especially on the casual fan. What did you think of the commentary, especially in that last round, that was almost really downplaying what Leon did the entire fight, talking about how yeah. does he really want to be, you know, you know, have his, having his back taken and being on the ground in the latter part of that fight in, in the last round? What kind of impression does that leave in the eyes of the fans, talking about, you know, Leon needs to, to kind of like, this is the, his chance to to make a statement and all this kind of stuff. What what did you think of that? Yeah, I I heard it and I thought it was weird too because mm. it's we're not show horses, you know. Yeah. We're not we're not. It, it this isn't a game. We're like we want to win fights. Mm. That that's it. You know, it doesn't need to be pretty, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to be pretty. You just need to win fights and. Mm. Like I, I applaud Leon because he took a shot, and like yeah, he ended up on his back. But after he was, he was already well ahead of the cards. Yeah, he, you know, he, he wasn't won in. It. A, yeah, he wasn't in any danger, mm. chilling out there. But he, he like he engaged in the wrestling and the grappling because he wanted to do that because he wanted yeah. to show to Colby maybe personally, or he wanted to show the division, or he wanted to show the fans that he mm. can. They can grapple with the best of them because Colby is definitely one of the best grapplers in MMA. Yeah, yeah. So I got to ask you about this then. What was Colby thinking at the end when he thought that he won? Was that was that his gimmick, or did he actually sincerely believe he was like, "I don't have a scratch on me with blood streaming down his nose"? What was going on there, dudes? Dudes lost, and then he jumped on like a political train uh, <laughs> with Trump, like straight away. Then he was honestly. like, "Congratulate, congratulating like all the the military vets and everything else." And yeah, I don't know. It was just. <laughs> And then, then he finished it up with like, "Fuck you, broke bitches." <laughs> I don't know if you heard it, but that's how I he did, finished I up. Did. That's like that's how he finished 
I I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. I like if he's getting paid to be a campaigns man, then dude, you gotta so you gotta weird. Someone's gotta start writing stuff for him because that was weird. That yeah. was weird. Yeah. Uh, that was weird. I honestly, I think, I think by that stage after the fight, after being handled for five rounds and losing mm. and. I think he was just unhinged, dude. I think like yeah. he just didn't know where he was, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was, yeah, he was delusional, dude. Like delusional, bad, bad. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was part of his gimmick, but the whole speech after the fight was weird. This is, it was, like, it was bad. It was bad, dude. <laughs> I just bad. like even if it was part of his gimmick, at least make it believable. At least in WWE, the things that they say sound somewhat believable to an extent. After a fight like that, saying, oh, yeah, I thought I won. And he, like, when they announced Leon as the winner, you saw his face. He looked genuinely yeah, surprised. Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, were you even fighting, dude? <laughs> dude, it, it was funny, yeah. though. And I mentioned this in the last podcast. I specifically said, Rob, I thought uh, Colby was going to throw more strikes than Leon. When you actually count it all up, he did. Overall, he had a higher output, especially because of that fifth round. But the significant strikes definitely went into to Leon's favor. I thought that was very interesting that Colby actually threw more, but Leon clearly was the more precise striker. When, when you say threw more, is that like landed? No, so total strikes, the specific number. Just thrown or landed? Correct, yeah. So just, I, think, thrown. I think it's thrown. <laughs> yeah, so it's thrown. Colby had more, but in terms of actual significant strikes, it, was, it obviously went to Leon. I just and, thought that that was probably, an interesting fact. And probably strikes landed too, though, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because Colby could have been shadowboxing in the back for all, yeah. for all the <laughs> – Dude, it looked like he was shadowboxing half the fight. Yeah, he couldn't touch yeah. Leon. Leon looked yeah. – at the end of that fight, Leon looked untouched. Yeah. And so you know? someone made a comment. I don't think, aside from the fifth round, how anyone could have seen Colby won any of those other rounds. Maybe the fourth. No, maybe. Not but even- I, it was an easy 49-46 to me. No, I, I would say the fifth he won. I, I, I think like, he yeah, did how much ground? How much ground control time did he have? Oh, it was a, I, it was a few sure minutes, I'm, right? I'm pretty sure it was just the back end. It was like the back end of the fifth round. I, 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 well, at the very least, to me, that showed that that was what Colby should have been doing. pretty sure Leon had his back at one point. He did. No, he did. But then, then yeah. Colby reversed it. And then he was—he wasn't really teeing off. He might have been trying to actually get a submission or a Kimura or something. Um, but I would say he definitely won that fifth round. But the other ones, really? no way. I, yeah. I don't even think I'd give him the fifth. I, I okay. disagree on that point. I think fair enough. Like, I don't think he had enough ground control. I think it looked bad. Yeah. In the judges' eyes, but I still don't think. Like, what was the official scoring? Forty-nine forty-six. It was forty-nine forty-six, and, and the fifth round went to Colby. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. The fifth round went to Colby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I thought it was a pretty easy 49-46. Either way, like Leon won. This is not a controversial oh, yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Um, but, but look, we're, we're not going to do this yeah. for the rest of the fights, but I do want to get your opinion because I think it is very interesting. Um, first for Colby, Colby called out Stephen Boy, uh, Stephen Boy, St- Stephen Thompson, Wonder Boy. Um, is that a good fight for him, or should he fight someone like Shavkat, or should Shavkat go for the title and maybe Bilal? Like, what 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 do you think is the next steps for this division, and who fights who? Oh, mate, um, I love me a bit of mate. matchmaking. 
<laughs> yeah, you, you would have to be, it would have to, Bilal would have to get a go, wouldn't he? Has to. I think Bilal's like the sort of fighter, stylistically, that can give Edwards hard fights. Mm. Um, I think <laughs> Colby fighting Wonderboy is like a good matchup for him because Wonderboy is a guy you can yeah. push into the cage yeah. and hold there and take him down and wear him out. Uh, perfect just, example. Uh, Bam, yeah, it happened yeah. that night. <laughs> I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of Wonderboy fighting wrestlers. Like, dude. Like, at least for, if he wants to fight one or two more times in his career, give him another striker. I want to see Wonderboy actually trade with someone and not get caught in a wrestling game like he did against Shafka. Yeah, but like, I don't know. It's MMA, right? Yeah, it's MMA. Yeah. What do you? But do? if I was, I know do? people don't like him. I know people want Leon to fight uh, Rachmanov next. But it has to be Bilal. It has to be yeah. Bilal. Meritocracy. I'm keen for that him. fight, but I'm keen for that Same. fight because I think Same. I think stylistically that's a hard fight for Leon, and yeah. Bilal's been on a bit of a tear, dude. <laughs> like, he has been. He's been looking really, really good. But yeah. so has Leon. Yeah. You know, hopefully that fight comes to fruition. I want to see it for sure. For sure. It. So that was the main event, and we'll go through um, some event. of the other fights on the on the main card. Alexandra uh, Pantoja against Brandon Royval. What did you think of, of this fight, Rob? Well, mate, I will say Pantoja just looked like he ha- had so much more power mm. and strength than Roy Val did. Yeah. Granted, on the back end of the fight, Pantoja started fading, fading really, really hard. Really fast, but, yeah. But that was after controlling just about every single round. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just it wasn't just the takedowns, which he was like when he went for a takedown, he got the takedown. Yeah. It was also in the counter strikes, just landing his one off shots. Roy Val was on Roy Val got rocked and was on mm. wobbly legs for a while there in, in one part of the fight. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it was it just I don't know, it just looked like Yeah, it, it just looked like Pantoja had so much more power. Than Roy yeah. Val. Understandably, Roy Val was very fast and he was like, he had really crisp boxing. He was moving, moving away. And obviously, his cardio in the fifth round got him to the fifth round and then really yeah. started putting on heat Pantoja. Mm. But then again, Pantoja shot that far double and got the far double. And then that was yeah. the end of the fight. And, and you know what I found <laughs> interesting? It's not as if Roy Val wasn't trying to get up and get out of those positions. He had a, a sense of urgency. Maybe the takedowns came relatively easy, but when he was on the ground, he was trying to get out of there. Pantoja he just was. didn't give him any quarter. He, like, the way that he was able to transition and spin around and just keep Roy Val down on the ground, it was <laughs> a masterclass in my eyes. Yeah, it was controlling that ground time so, so well. And yeah. he was also like, he was also threatening techniques and you could see the way Roy Val was having to move or having to give positions because as soon mm. as he would give his back, he would take his back, throw in that body triangle and then start like how, when was it? Was it the third round mm. that he, he jumped on the body triangle and was there? It must've been f- four minutes of five, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was round four. Like, yeah. That was just, mate, he, Royval could not budge him, could not shake him. It was yeah. just, yeah, so controlling. And, you know, props to Pantoja. That holding a body triangle for that long 
and that late in the round and like on a dude when you're already fading a little bit like, yeah. it's tiring as heck no wonder he came out in that fifth yeah heavy limbed exhausted right? he was tired yeah, man. Mate. Right. <laughs> yeah. Was. At, at that stage and, of the fight roval's only chance was to knock him out obviously like he'd he had lost all previous <clears throat> rounds in my eyes mm-hmm. but Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Pantoja was just really smart about it. He knew that he was tired, but he knew that he could keep Roval on the ground. He obviously lost that fifth round, but he still got a takedown. Did, uh, yeah, like how much it would be interesting to see how much control Tommy had in that in that fifth because I don't think it was much. He, yeah, he still shot a far double and managed to get Roval down to the mat, hmm. and understandably, Roval picked up the tempo. Like yep. he picked it up, double timed it, and was like landing a lot of shots. Mm. But they just didn't seem to affect Pantoja that much, mm. you know. Um, and then Pantoja shot that far double and and managed to get it up against the fence and put him down. And then yeah. the rest was history. I don't know. He yeah. he quite handedly controlled that fight. Definitely, I agree. So Pantoja with the win. Interesting to see who who's going to fight next. We're gonna we're gonna keep going because there's a lot of fights for us to talk about. But mm. Shavkat against Stephen Thompson, we talked about this a little bit. What did mm-hmm. you think about the eventual submission win by Shavkat? Mate, this is kind of <laughs> another one where we said this is what's going to happen. Shavkat's going to yep. kind of just walk him down, push him up yep. against the fence, yeah. and just keep him there until someone takes him home. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, that's exactly what happened. Like Shavkat. Was not keen on striking with Thompson. Thompson was, mm-hmm. he looked as good as always, right? But then Shavkat got his, got Stevens back to the fence and kept him there. He invested super heavily in the clinch game, keeping yeah. him on the fence, tiring him out with the takedown attempts. And Shavkat wasn't feeling it. Like you would see he was really putting in, like really yeah. investing into those takedowns. Even and and Thompson was doing so well at stuffing him. He, like, was, he was doing initially yeah. so well. He was looking so athletic. He was bouncing on one mm. leg, like turning the knee out. He was doing so well. But Shavkat was relentless. Relentless. Mm. And eventually, eventually, someone had to give. And one yeah. <laughs> That someone was Thompson. Thompson gave, got Shavkat, got him down to the ground, mm. managed to get that the wrap around that rear that that wrist locked behind his back, and that's yeah. such a bad. That looks so bad, man. That looks so painful. It is. It like, I'm aware of it because it's something that happens in training, but yeah. there is nothing worse than when that happens to you in 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 practice, like because mm. you can't do anything. It locks you up. It like it, it just shuts you down. Yeah. It is so hard to get out of because it is such an awkward way to try and they're in such a strong position and you're in such a compromised position to try and pull that wrist out of their grip. And yeah. it is so hard. So as soon as I saw that wrist get locked up and Shavkat had the hook in, like it, that's his game. You see, mm. you can see he was so comfortable there. It was just a matter of time. Like yeah. it, it honestly looked like what we said, Shavkat kind of slowly took him to deep water and yeah. slowly started to drown him. Mm-hmm. That's what we saw. And you know what the crazy bit was? Apparently, it came out afterwards that Shavkat had an ankle injury, which is why he was so heavily strapped and why he was like more so clinching in that first round um, and didn't want to really stand up and trade with Wonderboy. So he, he was nursing a big injury. Apparently, he was close to pulling out too of the fight. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
makes sense why he just didn't want to because he was yeah. he was moving a little heavy mm-hmm. on it in the in the in the stand up portion of the fight, which wasn't much because he just didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I do feel bad for for Wonder Boy. Um, I don't think like the next person we're about to talk about. I don't think he necessarily needs to retire or anything, even though he's forty. He's got a win recently, so I reckon he's still got at least one or two fights in him. And I don't want to see him against another wrestler. I don't want to see him against Colby. I want to see him against someone that they can just stand up and trade. In my opinion. Mm. Well, Thompson's funny, eh? Because like, mm. yeah, he. He's he's fighting even he's forty two. It's crazy. It's insane. Even though he's forty, but he's kind of performing like a thirty five year old. Yeah. Like he's he wins some, he loses some, but he's still he's still like he wins more than he loses, sort of thing. Yeah. Um and he's competitive at the end of the day. And he's forty and he doesn't leave fights like someone we're gonna speak <laughs> about <laughs> shortly. Yeah. Like he doesn't leave fights after a five round beatdown yeah. generally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, we've obviously alluded to it. Let's talk about it. Tony Ferguson, Ferguson against Paddy Pimblett. Ah, oh, man. It gets me so sad to talk about this, but what, what did you think of the fight? It doesn't make me sad anymore. I've gone past sad. Okay. Okay? I've gone past sad. He got, he got the sad me the fourth time he lost, the yeah. fifth time he lost. This was his, this was his like, I can still do it, guys, sort of fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And I didn't see any improvement from the fight b- before. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, but yeah, I didn't see any improvement. He looked, he looked exactly like what he, what he did when he fought Green. He just, he looked yeah. awkward in the stand up. He was very open to getting hit. Mm-hmm. And after the, the fights and wars and beatings and just the, the carnage he's been through, uh, it kind of looks like he doesn't like being hit anymore. Yeah. Which is very understandable. But then he gives his he gives top position so so easily. Yeah. Doesn't really try to defend him and then doesn't really try to get up. He he tries to play his his bottom game, which is dangerous. Don't get me wrong, yeah. he's a very high level jujitsu guy. But mm. if you nullify the like the guy's playing safe, I don't know, you you just get held there for the for the entire fight. And yeah. this is it's the exact same. I don't want to go into it too much for Ferguson because it's the same kind of spiel I had with Green. Mm. It's this. It was the same fight, in my opinion. Like it was the same kind of fight. Mm. Uh, I will say though, and this is what I want to say because this, I want to say this because we didn't talk about it very much because I was on the Ferguson bandwagon because I wanted to see him last mm. last week. I'm talking about. I was on the Ferguson bandwagon. I wanted to see him rise from the from the ashes and get a win, and then fade off into the sunset. <laughs> and also I didn't really want to talk up Paddy too much because I wanted to – I wasn't impressed in anything he'd done prior and I wasn't mm-hmm. on the bandwagon prior. And so I didn't really fall off him either. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. take the good with the bad sort of thing. But I'll say, Paddy, this was the best he had has looked in his career, I reckon. This yeah. is one of his better performances. I think, I think his fall from grace – you know, I'm doing, mm. using my little quote fingers. He's fall from grace from the from the media eyes, from the publicity, from the spotlight. I think it did something to him. I think it slowed him down. I think it brought him back down a little bit, so that he could focus on the things that needed to be focused on. Yeah, you know, without 
puffing up without getting distracted. And mm. I don't know, I was very impressed with, with, with Paddy's game. I think he was composed. He controlled the spacing with Ferguson, much mm. like Leon did to Colby when Ferguson would go in. He would mm. get stung. When he would leave, he would get stung. Granted, Paddy did started fading. Uh, yeah. He did start to fade in the later in in the third round there, but mate, I, I just think he looked really impressive, and I I, mm. I think everything he went through until that fight was a really good thing for him because this is mm. the best version of Paddy Pimble that I've seen. And he admitted that at, after the fight that he essentially went too hard in the first first round, especially, but also the second, and so he was exhausted by the third. Though he still won that round. Um, mm especially in that first round, didn't he just look like a man possessed? Like, Paddy's always been kind of, again, that Conor McGregor similar vibe, a little bit uh, eccentric yeah. and reckless. reckless. But that first round, I, I, I've never seen a fighter look that like serious and prepped and ready to go. He just looked like he was ready to die for that fight. And I, I am enjoying it. He looked really good, man, and, and I hope this means good things for him in terms of his next few fights because, yeah, as everyone knows, the previous fight, he didn't look good at all. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's why I wanted, wanted, wanted to talk about Paddy because, mate, and we, we were going to mention it, like, yeah. it's time for Ferguson to hang up the gloves. That's it. He he just doesn't have it anymore. And like I said, I, I've used up my sad, sad tissues. Yeah. They're, they're gone. Um this is this was the, the nail in, in the in the coffin. We didn't see any improvements. We didn't see any adjustments. Yeah. We haven't seen any adjustments or improvements for a while. To be honest, he doesn't even look like he enjoys being in there no. right now. It's kind of like a dude just going through the motions. And mm. yeah, I'm a fan of his. I don't want to see it anymore. I think I think he's lost what made him mm. the boogeyman back in the day. Yeah, and even Dana said publicly that he thinks it's time for him to retire too. So, mm-hmm. look, it's obviously it's up to it's up to Tony, it's up to the team, and maybe even what Dana wants to do. But let's see what happens with, with Tony after this, and and looking forward to to Patty's kind of hopeful rise throughout the division. Um, mm-hmm. But Rob, we've got two more fights to talk about. First yep. of all, this is not going to take long, but Josh Emmett against Bryce Mitchell, dude, dude, dude. mate. Dude, nasty. he got se- he got sent into the shadow realm. Holy yeah. crap! Nah, further than that, dude. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> right? Whatever, whatever that pitch black void is after the shadow realm. That's <sighs> where Bryce Mitchell's was for for a little bit. Like, yeah. I'm a big fan of Josh Emmett. Okay, I've always I've always liked the way he fights. He fights hard. Mm-hmm. You know, he he lo- every punch he throws is just filled with violence and power yeah. and bad intentions. And um, I thought he looked really good before he f- – like when I saw him in person in in Perth. And that's when I kind of jumped on the bandwagon. I was like, you know what? Yeah. This guy – yeah, this guy's an animal. And then he had a bit of a skid. You know, he had a mm. hard fight. To prove it's a hard fight, man. But to see him come in – cocked and ready and Bryce Mitchell not giving any looks, not giving mm. any looks, not really setting anything up and then like kind of just lunging in, throwing wildly when Emmett was on the hunt. Yeah. Mate, like it was like a, a car hit him. I was, <laughs> was with, with the way that he out. was like Emmett was first throwing those strikes, I was scared for Bryce. I, 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 
I anticipated something big was going to happen and then it was that overhand and I, they shouldn't have shown it in my personal opinion, but he got sent into convulsions, man. Like it looked like he was yeah. having a seizure. It was that bad. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, I don't reckon they should have shown it either. <laughs> it That's just bad. Much. Like you knew it was happening and the camera much. literally went, it was a, like he would yeah. focus on Emmett and then it swapped to him on the ground. Shake Like, that was yeah. silly, in my opinion. And five minutes, five minutes afterwards, the, the guy still couldn't get his legs under him. No, it was um, yeah. I think I think the commentators were pretty bad with that as well. <laughs> like they weren't, yeah. they weren't kind of diffusing the situation. They were just, I don't mm. know. It was, it was that was another weird moment in the commentary. I agree. I give, yeah, you know, but um, yeah, yeah, you know that's and that was that fight. Mm-hmm. Emmett's back. <laughs> Emmett is back. It was awesome to see him get such a convincing win. But we have one more fight to talk about. And Rob, I'd argue, not just the fight of the night, but possibly one of the fights of the year. Irene Aldana against Carol Rosa. Holy crap, man. Holy. Like, it was insane. That Actually was a, crazy. Yeah, That was my favorite fight of the night. You know, surprisingly, yeah. because I like... I don't know. I'm not super invested in in the women's mixed martial arts. I'm just not like I I watch them, but not as like I don't even watch every fight for the men. I don't so like yeah. I don't watch every fight for the women either. So when 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 they come on, but I I know how how good Adana looked in the last fight. So I was you know what? I'm gonna yeah. watch it. I'm gonna see what happened, dude. Those women came to bang. They came mm-hmm. there. They came to go out. Either either win, either stand there with their hand raised, or go out on their shield. Yeah. And Rosa was nailing Aldana's oh, legs, man. Nailing did you them. See she was her just leg, chopping man. away Holy like crap. a lumberjack goes at a tree. Her leg yeah. was twice the size. <laughs> I was purple, say. red. And uh, mate, Aldana, Aldana did didn't phase her. Didn't care, dude. She didn't stop bouncing once. She didn't stop advancing once. Mm-hmm. And you could see, like, she had a bit rough first round yeah. with those kicks. I think those kicks, like, really started to take a toll. But she slowly kept picking up the pace like she has in another fight. Slowly kept picking up the pace, picking up the pace. And her pace got Rosa in the end because, like, yeah. It was just her output was so high, so high. She had cardio for days. Didn't even need that leg. <laughs> Dude, if it was any other fight, I swear, I swear they would have buckled under that. But she just kept going, and it probably surprised Rosa. She was like, "I, I your leg is twice the size. It, it looks like a tomato. How are you still moving forward and pressuring me?" Like, yep. I, I felt kind of bad for her because she did a great job with those kicks. Right? She, yeah, she did. She did. But she sh- should have kicked him. Should have kicked him more, dude. <laughs> she just yeah. kept kicking him. Yeah, yeah. Like, never stopping because no. Adana doesn't know what checking is, man. No, <laughs> no, she does. She like, did not check one kick, not even yeah. a single why, kick. Why? She's like the whole fight. Like, why is she kicking me? There's a boxing fight. <laughs> fight me with your hands. Yeah, mm. but to their credit, so they, they, they did get fight of the night, right? And they were really respectful. Even after the fight, I, I think it was Rosa that was either in hospital or, or somewhere getting medical attention. They took a photo together. Awesome fight, awesome fight. Really nice to see Aldana bounce back from that. And I hope Rosa doesn't go right away because she should be proud of that performance too. Oh, definitely. No, that was an was amazing fight, amazing fight. Both of them should be proud. It was 100%. sick. 100%. Like, yeah, I would have been very happy with that as a co-main or even main event. Oh, not on a title fight, but a co-main for sure. 
in hindsight, and you can't always predict this, yeah. obviously. Um, probably should have been on the main card. But you know what I thought should have been on the main card? Cody Garbrandt. Half people in the arena didn't realize Cody was fighting. I didn't. I forgot Cody was yeah. fighting, and then he ended up fighting. I saw that fight. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah, that same, fight, same. and he looked good. It was another stoppage. I like, know. This there's an animal. He's still got it. He's How still got it. He? He's back. How fast is he's, he? He's just ridiculous. He's back, dude. He's back. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I, he had a rough patch, but it yeah. looks like he's come out of it, and he looks good. He looks good. Yeah. No, it's good to see him back. Good to see him get that win. But I, I, I reckon both of those somehow should have been on the main card in, in hindsight, being 2020, of course. But mm. Rob, that was UFC 296. We still have some UFC stuff to talk about, and we'll quickly kind of rattle through the fight announcements. Dana announced these directly after the the uh, card. So first of all, Mike and ben, Michael Venom Page signed with the UFC, fighting Kevin Holland. Song Yadong against uh, Yarn. Gilbert Burns against Jack Della uh, Madalena. And Ian Gary against Jeff Neal. Obviously, Ian couldn't fight at mm. UFC 296. He had pneumonia. Now he's going to be fighting Jeff Neal at UFC 299. Um, what do you think of all these fight announcements? Mate, I think it's awesome. I think that's, uh, you know, awesome names to announce for, for, for next year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's good to see the Aussie boy, Jack Dellen, like breaking into that what, top five, not even mm. top 10, like top five. That's, that's a tough fight. That's a tough fight, I it think. Is. But, you know, a win over Burns would, mate, that's a, yeah, that puts him into a different conversation. For know, sure. Than, than what he's in now. Ben Page coming into the UFC is going to be awesome. He obviously had a lot of flair about him in Bellator. So mm. to see him now, I think Kevin Holland's a great first fight for him. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Like, they obviously wanted to make it an interesting fight for his for his first UFC fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Piotr, we were all wondering who they were going to line up with him. I mm. um. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with all these fights. Ian Gary, obviously, because of the pneumonia, he's got re-signed, rebooked. Yeah, but yeah, good. Out, good out of start that to list, I'm really pumped for Yadong and Yan. I think that's a great fight. I think that was the fight that I was kind of pushing for after Yadong won recently. So really keen to to see all of them, and hopefully, Rob, you can get onto that card too. UFC 299. Let's see. That's the plan, isn't it? You yeah. Know, <laughs> Oh, come on, old boy, sign it. Sign the contract. <laughs> 100%. So that was all the UFC news and fights that we have to talk about this week. As always, we're swapping into the games news. We've got two topics to talk about today. Um, Rob, Last of Us Multiplayer has been cancelled. Sto- uh, what's the name of the developer? Fucking um, Naughty Dog came out and said, hey, we've been working on The Last of Us Online. This has been something that we've been working on for several years, giving you updates about. They released a statement saying essentially we're no longer working on this anymore they reached a fork in the road where they were like if we want to keep making last of us online we essentially have to become a studio that does that that a studio that is always a live service working on multiplayer games and that's going to take away from us being a single player narrative driven studio like they've been to date mm-hmm. with the last of us part one and two so what do you think of this i'm not sure if you've played the last of us series but what do you think of naughty dog kind of moving and, and stamping their foot in the ground saying, we're not working on multiplayer games. This is our history. This is what we're known for. We're going to stick with doing single-player titles. Yeah, I think that's the right decision. I th- I applaud the confidence and the decision-making that, that went into it to, yeah. to be like, no, we what we do, we do well. Let's mm. not 
spread ourselves too thin. Let's not, let's just do what we do to the best of our abilities instead of trying to do more things at half mm. capacity. And, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people excited. It's not like they announced it, didn't work on it, and then yeah. dropped it. They they tried to work on it and then they realized what was going to happen. Yeah. And they, they just, they just, Oh, they made a good decision. I think that that decisions like that has got to be respected. Yeah, I the amount of money that would have gone into a time and resources to date, it's obviously an incredibly hard call for them to make. But I do agree. I mean, how many titles have we seen that are kind of like online live uh, live mm-hmm. service where the developers kind of half hearted putting effort into it? It's not their main forte. And I use this example: Bethesda Game Studios were Fallout seventy six initially anyways but there are other examples out there if the studio is not giving its all to that title if it's not like dedicating the actual resources that it takes it can't compete against the likes of bungie with destiny 2 and that's even having its own issues it can't compete with epic and fortnite epic literally have thousands of devs thousands of devs working on fortnite and it's taken the mind share of a lot of casual games out there how was last of us online ever going to compete with that with a smaller studio and also only part of the studio working on that title. It was it was never going to work. Mm, mm. I like the concept. I like the idea. Yeah. But I I agree with the decision that for sure. Like, let's just just do what you do well. Yeah. Properly, like to 100%. the best of your ability, and that yeah, I'm sure a lot of the fans are excited for that too. Yeah. Before we jump to the next bit, I have to go bathroom. <laughs> As Third usual, time in a row. I, I can't go through a whole episode without going bathroom, man. Because yeah. after practice, I just have to try and rehydrate some skull and Gatorades and waters. I'll keep everyone company. This, this is—I don't know why this is a new phenomenon. If you've been here from episode one to episode twenty-six, it hadn't happened once. But for some reason, from episode twenty-seven, every episode he's had to go to the bathroom. And I've had to sit here on my own for a few minutes. I'm impressed with how fast he goes, but I think it's very, very funny. Next up, by the way, for those of you that are waiting, we are going to be talking about Baldur's Gate 3. I know Rob's going to have some opinions on it because he's a huge Baldur's Gate fan. Still hasn't finished it. Um, I am yet to play the game, but that's what we're going to be talking about next. Um, but yeah, man, it is... Uh, touching on this before Rob comes back. Sean Strickland's comments. I, I, I get it. Is is I guess he's a character. I guess even though Sean doesn't like Colby, I think he's playing a similar kind of character. I, I thought it was a bit too far what he said. Just talk about Drickus. Hype up the fight in your own way. Fight in the crowd, but don't mention. <laughs> I'm back. It. What's going on, bro? So Rob, I was. How did you him? Oh, I was just talking about uh, what we're going to be talking about next. Some other UFC stuff. That's all, you know. Oh, cool, um, cool, cool. No so jokes. right now we're going to be talking about Baldur's <laughs> Gate three, and I know you're a big fan, Rob. So <laughs> Baldur's Gate three, essentially, the boss of Larian Studios has come out and said Baldur's Gate three is not going to be coming to Game Pass ever. Pretty much, he, he stamped it in the ground. It's come to Xbox recently, obviously, and it clearly is doing very well it's it's the game of the year by many many measures and many many websites but he said that it's never going to come to game pass it doesn't make sense essentially along the lines of saying it's a big game there's no microtransactions 
it's fair to charge a certain price for it as opposed to it being part of the Game Pass ecosystem. So, and I think the article that I got this from from IGN compared Starfield being a different situation because that's an Xbox-owned studio, whereas Larian obviously isn't. So what do you think about Baldur's Gate 3 not coming to Game Pass? I 100% agree. It is... It's one of those, it's, it's, yeah, it's so, it's such a big game, so much replayability. It yeah. is such an investment. If you, yeah, if you want to play a game like this, save up everything you have, just mm. buy it once and you'll be satisfied for years, for years and years and years and years and years and years. Dare I say, decades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to finish it already? Are you going to finish the game? No, no way. No way, dude. <laughs> No way. Like, not even close. Because the next time, because I haven't played it for a little bit, so the next time I jump on it, I've got to start again. You can respec. <laughs> I, I told to my mate that said respecing was a thing. You can respec. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't like respecing that. I don't, I don't like respecing in any game because I want to get through the earlier portions of the game with the build that I'm running. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want, yeah, I don't know. And as well as, because especially with a game like Baldur's Gate, decisions yeah. and how you play, they're class-locked as well. Mm. So like my barbarian run, dude, he just screams at everyone. He just screams <laughs> at everyone or kicks things. Like that's it. And it's always like a dialogue option, yeah. like attack or roar or whatever. And no, I love it. But I can't respect it to a pallet all of a sudden if True. Like, the first half of the game I was screaming at people. <laughs> I mean, you could, but it doesn't make sense in terms of role-playing. I get no, it. It, yeah. it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. You, you wouldn't do that in a D&D campaign, so you wouldn't do that in BG3. I get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was all the games news that we have to talk about. As always, moving on to what we're watching, playing, reading, slash looking forward to. If, Rob, you want to talk about any games mm-hmm. that kind of... This list is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. I mean, it is, but, you know, that's why you can, you can save one game per episode so you can spread it out yeah. a little bit. Um, but, Rob, yeah. what have you been doing this week or what are you looking forward to? What have I been doing? Because it's only been four days since we last spoke. It so. has. It has. <laughs> so not a lot has changed. I did jump back into Caves of Cud. Mm-hmm. So I didn't... I said I was in, excited to jump into that and... It is such a big game. It, it is such a – there is so much more to it than meets the eye. Mm. It's like, I don't know. I can't even explain it. Like every little monster in that game is – it's like a player character. So you can yeah. decapitate its limbs. It can decapitate your limbs. And it could live with one limb if it heals. <laughs> it could – you know what I mean? Or it could grow it back if it has an ability. Or yeah. you could inject it with something. That helps it grow it back. You know, there are no, there's no just boxes or like, oh, this character sprite, this line of code can't be affected by X, Y, and Z. It's, it's very much like anything sort of goes. And it's a hard game because I I play on the classic modes and when you die, you make a new character. Mm. But it's, I don't know, I'm enjoying it. Granted, I've researched more than I've played at this point. But, <laughs> but as always, it's typical you. As, as usual, but it's it's fun. It's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Sick. But also, you know, also, I've been, guess what I jumped back into mm-hmm. recently? Mm-hmm. Fortnite. Really? Fortnite? I, I had my Fortnite stint. Like, I feel like everybody <laughs> has had at that stage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone has. And I jumped back into it. I, I I rang all my mates up and I said, "Hey, mate, download it back again. We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're back, dude." That's hilarious. And I've been I've been smacking it up on on Fortnite. It is so funny. It is so funny. There isn't a game 
that hits the same notes when you and your squad mate are dancing on some dude you've just dropped <laughs> and built a little cabin yeah, around him yeah, so yeah. that his mates can't get him. Yeah. That nothing hits as hard as that. Then they they have a new mode now called festival mode. It's like, do you remember the game Guitar Hero? Yeah, of course. It's it's like Guitar Hero in Fortnite. But you can you can play with all your mates. You, you get like a little band dude. Interesting. <laughs> like you can play sets, and there are actually some good songs on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it's it's fun. It's fun. I've jumped back into it, and all right, it's fun. I, I've wasted a bunch of money on skins I don't need, but I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, Fortnite. Sweet. Have you been watching or looking forward to anything else? No, I. You know, I keep wanting to do the the Goblin Sayer restart. You'll get there. I know. I know what happens in the first episode, and I just can't be bothered. Like I just, I don't know. Just knowing what happens, just just killing. You're me, coming you know? around to my side. This is what I said like a month ago. I said that first episode was just brutal. Well, no, because I know what happens in the entire series, but I know it very much what happens in that first episode. So it makes me even more reluctant. Yeah, so, that's fair. That's like, fair. Like generally, I don't watch things twice or read things twice mm. because I I can't enjoy it knowing what happens. That's fair. Um, you know, there's a crazy, crazy group of people, bro, mm. that read the last chapter of a book before they start it. No, no, yeah, that's not is. a thing. No, it, there, it is. It is. It is. If you if you were listening to this podcast and you were one of those crazy, crazy people, comment, comment. Down the bottom, reveal yourself. That, that, that's like watching the final cutscene in a video game on YouTube yeah, before playing the game. It is, it is so crazy, so that's crazy. Weird. Like you should probably, you should probably be locked up. Probably <laughs> like that crazy. Yeah. Right. But tell me, what have you been doing? So uh, this was a few weeks ago, um, and I think I was able to talk about it last week, but I wanted to try and space things out. So Ubisoft invited me to their Sydney office to play Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. This is kind of like the revival, I guess, of Prince of Persia, but in a very, very different scenario. It is a 2.5D side-scrolling action adventure. It's mainly a platformer inspired by Metro- Metrovanias. Hmm. As a new protagonist, Sargon, member of, the, member of this group called the Immortals, and you have to save the Prince of Persia. It's a pretty cookie-cutter you know, story, mm. and that's not quite what you're there for. Um, you're there for the platforming. You're there for the gameplay. And even the art style. The art style is gorgeous. This is a game that you're, it's coming out on Switch as well. So I'm like, when I say this, I mean I'm going to play this game on the Switch when it comes out, especially when I go home and visit my family. It's going to be perfect for that. Exploration was really fun. And the thing I really liked about it, you would reach points in the different levels. And you can backtrack and, and do what you want. It's not just you know linear. If you reach a point that you can't progress and you can see there's a way that you could do mm. it, but maybe you need a later weapon or a tool, you, there's this mechanic called, uh, it's like a snapshot or a memory shard. You take a picture of that point and it's kind of saved in your menu. And then when you eventually get an item at some stage, you can go back in your men- menu, look at that little picture and think, maybe I can get to that point now. It's really clever and it actually reminds mm. you of spaces that you need to kind of go back and visit, which oftentimes in a lot of games you might just forget about because you might not play Especially for a few days. Especially side-scrollers. 100%. 100%. It, it happens all the time. It's beautiful, it's like man. You're locked out of things because of it. Yeah. 
Honestly, bro, I, I think you would. I think you would like this game. The the platforming is, is very fun, and the combat mm. was cool. You kind of have like two swords or different abilities you get, different like combos that you can do. It's there's a heavy emphasis on doing combos, parrying as well. I couldn't quite get the parrying down. I reckon you do it much better than me, especially with your Elden Ring experience. Um, and then there are no. different powers <laughs> as well. So. I, I really like it. I really like if if you're a fan of Prince of Persia, I would definitely give it a shout. But platformers, side scrollers, Metroidvanias, I think this is actually a really, really fun game. I played it for about three hours and I wanted to keep going and they didn't let me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Screw those guys. Yeah, I, know, right? I was like, can I just keep playing? Can you just give it to me on the Switch? No, it was fun. I really and there are side quests as well. It's not just like the main progression. There are different side quests mm. that you can use to upgrade your weapons and stuff like that. So it's coming out, I believe, in January. So I'm really, really keen on, on Prince of Persia. I'm a big fan of side scrolls. Yeah. Like I like generally I'll like have you ever heard of the game like Salt and Sanctuary? No, I haven't. Oh dude, that is such a good game. Yeah. It, like Shout out Sultan Sanctuary. It is such a good game. It's like Dark Souls, but 2D. Yeah. It's 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 wicked. It's wicked. Okay. Suss it out, guys. Yeah. It's, it's but it, but what you were saying reminded me of it because it's a side scroller, but it's got quests and things like that. Yeah. And you wonder at first glance, if you've never played a game like that, you don't really know how it's gonna work. Yeah. It's very hard to to see how quests and upgrading items mm. and exploration mm. is going to work in a 2D side scroller, but it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Like you've got to give it a geese. It's interesting. Even in that, it's actually fun. Even in that brief, you know, slice of the game, that there was definitely exploration there, things that you could find. And obviously, things that if you were playing the full game would be much more useful later in the game. But there are like amulets that you can find that give you different boosts, and you're able to combine them in different ways to really kind of suit mm. your play style. So I'll, I'll try and get you a code. I'll, I'll ask Ubisoft it sounds to, good. to get us codes. It sounds good. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, um, and continuously watching. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen and Spy Family. Oh. That that that's about that's all I've been doing for the past four days. <laughs> no, here's <laughs> the problem with like recording so close. Yeah. Not much changes in this segment. You're right. Okay. So, but but look at us. It's Monday. It's Monday, dude. I'm right? I'm so grateful that we can record this on a Monday because it's the it's the best time for those of you that don't know. It's the best time for us to release episodes because either a fight Johnny, night is I just like I know you do. I know you I do. Try, Johnny. <laughs> it, it's better for views. It's better for the discussion because fights have just taken place. And like, if we're predicting fights. It's up for longer, so the video is more relevant. Yeah. So th- we're always trying to do Monday. If we ever get delayed, it's you know it's not because we wanted to. It's it's, it's my fault, dude. It's, it's <laughs> Rob's if fault. If you don't see an episode on Monday, it's my fault. 100%. I tried to cover you, but that- I'm cursed. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was what we've been watching, playing, reading, and looking forward to. Finally, as always, we've got viewer questions. If you have any questions for the podcast, let us know in the comments. This the is my favorite part of the episode. Best part of the episode, and these questions were from the previous episode and the one before that that we couldn't get to. So we're trying to get as many of them we're as We're catching possible. up. We are. We're catching up. So the first question is from Max <clears throat> Bemis 12 Question for Rob. Have you ever thought about shaving the face or growing the hair out? Okay. Well, when he says growing the hair out, like the facial hair or the I, hair on my I head? I think the hair on your head, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Max go. Bemis. This is, this is not widely known, mm. okay? The facial hair, this this moustache and goatee, I've had that. I've had it since I was nineteen. I want to wow. say eighteen, maybe. Yeah, because 
I face planted. I went head first into a windowsill and broke my jaw down here. Jesus, that's, bro. That's uh, that's why I'm missing teeth here. I don't know if you can tell, but yeah. And anyway, they put in a metal plate there, and the scar healed over it. But it kind of looked deformed because it was like swollen, and mm. the skin hadn't adjusted to the plate in my jaw, so it was like a bulge on my chin. Right, and. I don't know. I was super self-conscious about it. Fair. So I, I um, I grew the goatee out mm. and the moustache out to try and hide it. And mate, I've never shaved it. You can never look <laughs> back. Yeah, 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 I get it. Never shaved it. I only don't grow these out because I don't grow hair that well yet. You know, yeah. I'm still cultivating. I reckon. I reckon maybe maybe in my forties I'll be able to grow a proper beard. But you know, yeah, it's a, it's a time thing. And as for my hair, I I actually have Afro hair. So like I would it, love it, to see your hair in an afro. Like, you know, you know Gilbert it. Burns's hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it like that, but probably thicker. Wow. Like, like a proper, proper stupid looking afro. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a GTA character. <laughs> yeah, man. Like it's 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 silly. Like it's just straight up curly. So, and again, I don't love that hair. I think. Before it's an afro, it looks really silly. I think that hair looks silly mm, mm. when when you're trying to grow it into any sort of length. And there's nothing you can do with it. It's not like you can comb it over, throw gel in it. No, <laughs> dude, it always looks the same. Yeah, steel wool. That's all it is. Yeah. So I just keep it short, dude. Fair enough. Keep it short. No, that makes sense. Next question is from member of the channel Dunham asking, "What year, in your opinion, was the best year in gaming?" Now. Obviously, it's very hard on, off the cuff to remember all the years in gaming. So I did a bit of research, Rob, and kind of consistently before this year, a lot of people agree that 1998 was probably the best year in gaming. It's a year that we had Half-Life and Ocarina of Time and Tekken 3, Metal Gear Solid, Grim Fandango, Banjo-Kazooie, huge list, the original Baldur's Gate, mm. right? So... I put that list there, and I've also put 2023, mm. obviously. We've got Baldur's Gate 3, we've got Tears of the Kingdom, Resident Evil 4, Alan Wake 2, Street Fighter 6. Lots of great games this year, and it's been widely regarded as one of the best years in gaming. Maybe ever, potentially, that's where the discussion comes in. What do you reckon? Mm -hmm. If you remember another year, let me know, but I thought those were too good to compare. Oh, mate. Um, oh, this is tricky. Mm. Because like, if we're going down Nostalgia Road, I'd have to say 98, even though I don't – like when Metal Gear Solid dropped, that was massive for me. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid was such a – like a they were doing and, – and back then, like games were doing shit we had never seen before. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they're giving us perspectives and inviting us into realms and things. Like they, they, they weren't around. Yeah. There was nothing to – it was crazy. It was groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're like, would you, when Tekken 3 came oh, out, dude, Eddie oh, Guerrero, oh. Eddie Guerrero, the Huruwang, my favorite yeah. character. Yoshimitsu. Jin, yeah. Yeah. The, the cutscene when, what, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy starting with Heihachi, Heihachi throws his son Jin. out of the, yeah. the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. And he's falling into the volcano and then his wings sprout. Oh. That, that's that's locked. Do you remember that cutscene? That is locked yeah. into my brain. Yeah. I can't I can't forget it. Like I'm gonna go 98 just because of that, dude. Fair. Because like, mate, it, like I just have such. I don't play these games anymore, but even Spyro the Dragon, dude. I remember my dad chasing those little dudes, trying to headbutt them to get the, the little thieves. Man, dude. Oh. 
yeah, I've got to say 98. That's yeah. that's a mad year. I, I think you make time. a really good point about innovation because and, and Ocarina of Time is a huge example of this. Like oh, yeah. the the things that they were doing then had never been done before. Like they were having to mm-hmm. test out 3D. They were having to test out new game mechanics because the industry was so young at that stage. Whereas games this year graphically, mechanics-wise, how much gameplay and content is in there. Mm-hmm. They're obviously better from that sense, but point in time, the innovation, and I know mm-hmm. it's a bit of nostalgia talking, but the innovation that took place with those games yeah. in 98, and even other years around then too, it's hard to pass up a year like 98, but you would have to say yeah. that 2023 for sure is top five of all time. I would say it's easily in that conversation, if not top two or top three or something like that. But 98, you, you just have to be there. You had to be there yeah. for the golden years of gaming. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of guys aren't, unless they were there, aren't going to see it through our eyes. Yeah. Like, because they were, the, 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 yeah, the blueprint was made from that year. Yeah, really. man. Pokemon? Oh, that, that was, oh, man. I know. Don't get me started. Even StarCraft, like real time. StarCraft. RTS, out, RTSs yeah. weren't really a thing then. Like, nah. they were just, oh, dude. Tomb Raider, like, created the industry for adventure. Yeah. Starcraft on Nintendo 64. That's how I played Starcraft. It was a PC (laughs) game, but I played a shit on a 64 and it was awesome. Ah, that's Resident Resident Evil. Oh, Resident Evil 2. One of one of the OG zombie games. Yeah, yeah. Such a great year. (laughs) Such a great year. And there are others. So let us know in the comments uh, if there are any other years. But those are the two that I thought would be good to compare. Uh, The next question is from The Power asking, question for both. What are your thoughts on ranked squatters in the UFC? Guys like Ortega holding on to rank number three and having no wins since 2020 or Poirier holding on to three without fighting any up-and-coming contenders? What do you reckon, Rob? Oh, that's tricky. That's a it's hard. Question it's a hard because one because UFC rankings are a beast in their own. Yeah. The matchmakers and the story makers that that get behind it. Wait, you could do a whole episode just on that. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it is what it is, sort of thing. <laughs> like, what about Costa? Oh boy, <laughs> right? Uh, he's what is he six now? Uh, on the he's on still he's still six. I feel like I feel like he's yeah. been six since ninety eight. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. No, it's it's hard because there's there's no science to it. It is literally like lick your finger, sticking in the air, and and it's it's up to the UFC. It's up to Dana what yeah. people are on the rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it is what it is in my opinion too. Um, next question is from Damblin asking, what's your first video game you remember playing? And then which game was the game that started your obsession with gaming? Rob, do you want to go first? Ooh. Uh, you go first. Cause I don't even think about this. I, I, from memory, I think I played the NES, but I actually think I played the super NES first. And then I found a friend that had the NES and on the super NES, it was the super Mario world compilation that they had so you could play like the original and the lost levels and all those in that pack i spent a stupid stupid amount of hours playing that on the super nintendo so that was definitely the first but Mm. in terms of what started my obsession it has to be pokemon pokemon i play i've probably played more pokemon than any other game on on the Mm. game boy advance sp all that (laughs) i had every single pokemon game that that absolutely is what got me into gaming for sure like properly Mm. What do you reckon? Yeah. Did you used to like battle people, evolve oh, like EVs and everything like that? Dude, that that, that was the, the t- not EVs. Like that, I was definitely more on the casual side. I know people got into that and okay. it's even worse now. But 
that was the hey- heyday where everyone had a Game Boy, everyone had a Link Cable, and everyone had like wanted to trade mm. and play Pokemon. It was just yeah. all the, oh, the golden years, man. And it's nostalgia talking, but <laughs> you just you could play it anywhere. It was freaking great. Yeah. I loved Pokemon. See, man. I I never really got into Pokemon. Like I I finished yeah. Aurelius. Like that 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 game oh, Ar- Arceus, yeah, Arceus, Arceus, yes, and yeah. like I, I finished that, and I thought it was cool being able to see my own Pokemon and like yeah. the Mega Machamp, dude, guy's so jacked. It was, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're just fighting with pets was just never my thing. I guess That's fair. my my first video game that I remember it would have to be something on the Sega. It would have been like oh. it was. A, I can't really pinpoint which one I played first like very mm. first but my earliest memories of gaming gaming was like altered beasts ghosts and ghouls oh. um sonic the hedgehog sonic. yeah sonic like robotnik's bean mean machine which is mm. like tetris version of it mm. um like ninja guide warrior ah oh. like those those were like they're all kind of the same sort of period yeah. Okay. So they were the games that introduced me to gaming. Mm-hmm. The game that got me, got me was Final Fantasy Tactics. That was yeah. the game that I created, created like a build broken fucking <laughs> research looking, <laughs> what the strongest character, grinding characters, grinding new dudes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, that was my game. Like, that was yeah. it. That was, that was the game for me. You have a lot of love for tactics. I like it. Tactics um, is, is unreal. Yeah, the last question that we have is from MMR Supial. Great name. Question for Rob: Would you rather fight in an octagon where the cage is electric or barbed? <laughs> like, not really a question. Like, what sort of electricity are we talking about? Like, are you talking let's like say low, let's say you... low voltage, right? It's not going to kill you. Okay, yeah. electric straight away because okay. barbed, dude. You're you're getting cut up. You're gonna you're gonna, uh... you're gonna be bleeding out within <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Right. Electric, you're just gonna hurt. And I've yeah. seen people get tased and not fall over. Right. Fair. Especially with how so, fights go nowadays, there's a lot of going up against the cage to defend yourself against takedowns yeah. and and clinching. Yeah, barbed, so, like, yeah, yeah, you're dead, dude. You're It'd be dead. brutal. <laughs> Could you imagine sticking like your toe and like you'd be allowed to stick your toe into the oh. cage because it would hurt. So it's allowed. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Do you remember yeah. that that what was that movie? <clears throat> and I don't know why it's always in my head, but mm. seeing like. What's that movie? The, the, the Jigsaw? Is that pa- Saw? Oh, Saw. Where yeah, they, yeah. they used to kidnap people and mm-hmm. put them in a room. Mm-hmm. The, the, like some sort of challenge that was like. Yeah, it was Saw. Yeah. Stupid. I remember one was like there were two platforms and you had to get from point A to point B to unlock the things on their heads. Yeah. And yeah. they had to crawl through like a hanging, hanging tunnel of barbed wire. Oh, it was like a hanging hell, tunnel bro. and they had to crawl through that. And I don't know why that question made me think of it. It's like that's terrible. Kind of sounds. I don't, like I don't even know man. why I brought it up. Actually, yeah. to be honest, <laughs> I love that's where your mind now went. That was that was stuck in your head. <laughs> it is. I, I, look, I, I've never been a fan of the of the Saw movies. I'll be Neither right, have honest I. with you. Gross. But, yeah, Gross. but that's it, Rob. That is episode thirty of the MMRK podcast. 30. Yeah, bro, mate. Yeah. We nailed it. Nailed. It. Look at us, thirty. Dude, you know? we're smashing it, and we're getting very close. So I'm trying to like do the math here. I think we're only going to have one episode, one more episode until the new year. That's next week. Oh, Ooh, right, nice, nice. Well, actually, Rob, do we, we have... talk about this? Do we have one next week? Because it's Christmas week. What's the plan? Ooh. Oh, 
No, Next it's Monday Christmas, Christmas on the Monday. Yeah, no, on the Monday is Christmas. I think I'm gone. Like, I don't. We think might have be. to miss it as well because I'll be in, I'll we be in Can- have to. Uh, yeah. You'll Let's, be in Canberra as well. Yeah, I'll be in Canberra visiting my family. Um, so yeah, I guess. <sighs> I guess. Merry Christmas, everybody from the yeah. MM Arcade. Like That's, Merry Christmas, yep. Happy New Year. There's a Christmas oh, yeah. special now. Look at it. <laughs> we should have <laughs> I'm a teary. But yeah, yeah dude. because it is Christmas, unfortunately, we, we likely won't be able to be here next week. So we'll try for the new year. It's been a crazy yeah. year, bro. First year. It has. Yeah. It has. Thank you very much, Johnny, for all the work you've put in this year. You know, of this is our, our year one, 30 episodes in. Thank you to all yep. the supporters, subscribers, watchers, listeners, commenters, yep. fans, especially you yep. members as well. Like, yeah, without you guys, we wouldn't be doing it. No, we enjoy 100%. doing it. That's a big reason why we do it. But you yeah. guys are the fuel that keep us going because it's – I read the comments before every episode and, uh, mate, they're all nice. They're all kind words. They're all promoting things, asking good, interesting questions. It's just you guys make it a treat. And yeah. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the support. And I do wish you a happy Christmas and Merry no, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> and a happy Merry Christmas. Christmas you know? Yeah, and a happy Christmas, a happy new year. And we'll see you all in the new year for episode 31. Thanks so much, everyone. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>